Hi, everyone. This is Melissa. And Kate. And Lainey. And we are the The Louisiana Louisiana Ladies. We are so glad you are here. Check us out on Instagram at Louisiana Ladies Podcast and visit us online at laladies.info. Back with another episode of Louisiana Ladies, and uh, this is Melissa, not Kate. Melissa's back. I am back. Kate is not back, our lovely co-host. She is out of commission. (laughs) She's just not feeling very good, so she decided to um, rest this afternoon. We'll put this one out. Yeah, so it's great. Now Kate and I can tag team because both of our schedules have seemed to get a little hectic. So before we um, announce our lovely guests today, we do actually have a podcast announcement. Woohoo! And let's give credit where credit is due. This is because of Lainey. Lainey did some research. I know, she always gets so bashful. (laughs) Everybody thinks this podcast takes me a long time. I'm like, no, I do not do anything for the podcast. Um, I just talk a lot. So um, we are thrilled to announce that the podcast now has listener support. So what this means is that our lovely listeners can now directly support our show and help us to bring you more engaging content. There's two ways to support, one's through a financial contribution or by leaving us a review, Uh, and clearly we appreciate any and all support, and we are so appreciative of everyone being a part of this journey. Uh, We are on year three. (laughs) Why'd you make a face? There was a loud car outside. (laughs) (laughs) That was because I said the word journey. No, sorry. Okay. Anyway, we're excited that everybody's been part of this journey. Can't wait to continue it. And to learn more about how you can support us, they can go to our website, Lainey? Right. I'm going to add the link to our website, laladies.info. And then we're also going to post it on our Instagram. It takes you directly to the listener support page. There's three different levels of support, so you can select whichever one you feel called to do. And it's a monthly, kind of like a monthly subscription. It reminds me a little bit of um, Patreon. I think so. But it's directly through Anchor, which is the platform that pushes this podcast out to you guys by Spotify. So it's a legit source. Yes. And so, again, we've been upgrading our equipment, and there are some costs associated with running the podcast. So Lainey was, you know, just being very entrepreneurial. Yeah. And any little bit helps. (laughs) Yes. Um, Okay. So our guest today is Darlene adams Roland. Hi, Darlene. Hey. And she is the executive director of the Big River Economic and Agricultural Agricultural woo, Development Alliance. That's a lot. But also known as what, Darlene? So I don't screw it up. Bread. Uh, <laughs> kind of like bread, food with an A on the end. But to me, phonetically, I want to say Briata. <laughs> we, we get that a lot. We get that a lot. So, um, Darlene, thanks for being here. Thank you. And... As we go into it, I would say that people probably associate this organization with the farmer's market, first and foremost. Is that accurate? Absolutely. Well, absolutely. I would say absolutely yes, but then there's a lot of people that don't know that the farmer's market, you know, has a nonprofit behind it. So I, I would say that's accurate. Yeah. So most people, you know, there's a lot of different commentary we get some people think people just show up on Saturday and put some tents up and some people think the city puts it on or you know so really um it's always the first point to start and just say you know this all happens because of a very um curated and um planned out event by staff of our nonprofit. okay so let's kind of well, actually, I'm about to like pass over anything about you because I totally want to talk about the farmer's market. But first, Darlene, where are you from? I'm from Mobile, Mobile. Alabama. Mobile? Really? Yes. But I've been here a long time. I've now lived in Baton Rouge longer than Mobile. So I guess Part I can Part of my heart will always be in Mobile because that's where my mom is from and ah, all that side of the family nice. is still there. I do like that area. I do too. I like it more than when I live there now. That's true. I know. I've always wondered if people that live in like places that I want to live, like, do you just get used to it? And then I don't want to say you don't appreciate it, but I think you're right. I think you don't. Like after I moved away, I was like, oh, it's really such a lovely place. It's right on the bay. You're close to the beach. We have Mardi Gras. Don't people hate on that? You know, it's a big 
controversy when oh. Mardi Gras started. Yeah. Okay, well, watch. Oh, <laughs> whoa. I'll never get asked back again. <laughs> oh, I got no hard feelings for that, darling. I mean, I, I grew that's... up hearing that sentiment, so I don't really care. <laughs> no, that's actually fascinating to me. So um, don't worry. No, no offense here. I mean, I love Mobile. My husband and I go to the Grand Marriott that's in Fairhope oh, or yes. Point Clear. Oh, the Grand, mm-hmm. yes. The Grand. Yes. So, okay. Lovely place. So what brought you to Baton Rouge? LSU. I got a scholarship to LSU, and I was ready to go somewhere different. And so I came here with just the intent to go and leave, and somehow I'm still here. And you are still <laughs> here. Okay, so what did you graduate from LSU in? Spanish. Spanish. Yet, I think that was one of maybe the fun facts or the things people don't know about okay. me. <laughs> well, let's talk about, well, no, I really do think, so, I mean, I graduated, I actually don't have my degree, I guess, I don't have my degree in accounting. I have my CPA license, but I don't have a degree in accounting. I have a degree in secondary education with the concentration in math, and I have a ton of business classes to my name because I had to take so many to go back and sit for the CPA exam. Yeah. So fun fact, the CPA exam, I don't know if it's still the same, but when I was taking it, you needed, you only needed an undergrad degree plus certain course requirements to get you to 150 hours to take the CPA exam. Interesting. I don't yeah. know much about the CPA. Well, exam. you know, that's this was 13 years ago. Things have changed. So don't, no young accountants, go, don't go fact check me on that. That was the case for me. So, um, okay, so you graduated in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, are you fluent in it still? Not Ola? anymore. I was at the time. I, I love Spanish. I, I studied in Spain and in Mexico, and I spent some time in Venezuela. And I had minors in business and psychology, and I, and I really wanted to do international business. But, oh. you know, life just sort of happened. And um, my husband and I were on different timetables. He was getting his master's, and so we weren't done at the same time. And so then I got a job, and so then you start working, and, you know. And there, kinda, yeah. kind of goes It like goes from there. Um, but, uh, but yes, I uh, I was at the time, and I can still get by, you know, just fine. It, it it helped out on my recent trip. I am fascinated by people that can speak another language because I took Spanish in high school, and no matter how hard I tried, I always translated it to English in my head. <laughs> yeah, you have to get where you can just understand it. Right. So, like, even Ola. Like, that's hello. That's how I'm like, <laughs> in my brain, that's what I just thought. Okay. See, I on. so regret not taking Spanish or taking a language that I could possibly use because I took Latin, which was not helpful at but all. But Latin's so pretty. It was probably helpful on your uh, SAT and ACT because all the root words no. and what they mean and all that. No. Not, no. not so much. The class wasn't, you know, oh. executed properly. Oh, okay. Uh, but... I love how Lainey's being very delicate when she's saying this. Okay. <laughs> but now my recent discovery is that a lot of my gym buddies um, speak Spanish as their first language. So now every workout, they teach me a new word. That's okay, good. But they started could... trying to teach me bad words and I told them that's not what I'm trying to learn. Are you like, I am Lainey. I don't say bad words <laughs> ever. <laughs> okay. Basically. So you could do that little, that little self-study thing. What's it called? The Rosetta Stone. <laughs> I, yes. I was going to say Cornerstone. <laughs> Babble, I think, is another one. You, there are a lot of things okay. you can teach. Hey, maybe I'll look into it. Yeah, one day, Lainey. I mean, yeah. you're done with school. I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So, so okay. So, Darlene graduated in Spanish and now is the executive director of this agriculture. Hey, I love it. What yep. is the statistic? Like 60% of people don't use their college degree. It might be more than that. Don't use their college degree technically for their job. Yes, I think you're right. Something like that. It's very fascinating to me, and I love that. Okay, so let's first talk about farmer's market, because I don't... How long has that been around? 26 years. Okay. So this November will be 27. So it's every Saturday? Every Saturday, um, rain or shine in downtown Baton Rouge, um, unless you know it falls like Christmas falls on you know Saturday. But generally every Saturday on 5th and Main Street from 8th, a.m. to 12 p.m. And then if it rains, we just go right, and a lot of people don't realize this, if it's raining, we just go right inside the garage that's attached to us, and we set up the market in there. Okay. Or, really, if it's raining, or if, believe me, we, like, dog the weather forecast all week. We're watching it. We know everything that's going to happen. We look at five, six different apps. We watch all the news. 
my boy Jay Grimes gives me his uh, input. But, um, you know, we start getting there at 5.15 a.m. to set up the market. On Saturday? Because mm-hmm. that's You do that yeah. every Saturday? Uh, yeah. Um, not ever. I usually am now kind of splitting it with another staff member. But, yes, one of us is always there at 5.15. And for the last two years, pretty much, yes, I've been there at 5.15. So, yeah. That's crazy. Okay. That's what I mean. People don't have really any idea what goes into running a successful market um, and kind of all the behind the scenes things. Yeah, it's happen. one of those things that doesn't just happen. That's, it, that's kind of one of our slogans, markets don't just happen. Right, I kind of feel that like that about yeah. my job. I'm like, a pretty frequent it, it farmer's market visitor and I honestly really like the rainy day markets in the garage. Wow. I don't know, it's just, to me it's like a little bit more intimate and you can like kind of walk down the rows real quick, get what you want and then head out. I've that's never been to the farmer's feedback. market. What? I've never been. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to. Oh, I know. Just Sorry, take these Darlene. headphones I know. off. It's like, like, I mean, that's worse than you saying Mardi Gras started in Mobile. <laughs> that is worse. That is worse. <laughs> my sister is a frequent visitor. Okay. Um, well, you could tag along on her. Yes. <laughs> so, well, no, and I've always wanted to. I don't know why I don't. I mean, if it's every Saturday, there is absolutely no reason why I have yeah. not joined. It's every Saturday. You know, we always uh, have another little saying we like to say is that it's the best cocktail party in town without the drinks because it's a very social event you know you see your neighbors friends you know our district attorney's there every saturday's like the first customer i mean there's a lot of interesting people that um, frequent the farmer's market okay so give me like when i when i think of the farmer this actually is gonna it's actually gonna work out really well because i am a virgin to the farmer's market so i am we're gonna have to change it so <laughs> i was gonna say something that's gonna be totally inappropriate but um <laughs> so it's mostly like local I'm going to say the word vendors, but Darlene's like, where are you going? No, with this I'm just, Melissa? I'm just listening. I wanted to let you say it. Okay. Cause I mean, I just, I picture a bunch people. of stands with vegetables. Well, that's mostly right. Except okay. when you said it's mostly local, it has to all be local. Oh, so there are okay. guidelines and requirements. Um, so, you know, really everything has to be grown or raised by you on your farm um, that is sold there. We actually, when we have a new vendor, um, there's a whole application process. We vet people. We go out and do a site visit. Um, because really at the heart of this, we're a nonprofit with a mission to support and sustain small family farmers. So in order to to do that, we want to make sure that everyone there that's selling, this is what they're doing for their livelihood. They, um, you know, are growing the food. We don't want people going to buy produce and just reselling it. That negates the whole point. Um, you know, yep. we want it to be the freshest produce you can get. We want to know that it came from farms here in Louisiana and that by buying and shopping at a farmer's market, you are directly participating in supporting, you know, Louisiana agriculture. I love that, staying true to the mission. Absolutely. So we kind of have a three-pronged mission, as, as I like to put it. The first one, like I said, is support and sustain small family farmers. And we do, do that by connecting them to economic opportunities, a.k.a. markets. The second is connecting people to fresh, healthy food. And the third one is really connecting people to each other. And so um, that whole community atmosphere that the market creates, it's just a place where people naturally can gather, you know, Maybe someone you hadn't seen in a long time. Maybe your neighbor's there, the mayor. Um, But just a way to connect with new people. It's a great entry point for new people to town. We get that a lot Mm. for, you know, we had somebody that um, had moved here for a job at IBM downtown, you know, when they moved in. Mm. And and, um, they said, you know, I didn't know if I could live in Baton Rouge, but now I came here and I'm like, yep, I can do it. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty powerful statement that people – you know, feel comfortable there. They know it's a place where everyone's welcome. It's free. You can just walk up and down the aisle if you want, or you can get all your groceries for the week. But it's just a really welcoming, um, fun family atmosphere. I have seen some very random people that I knew at the farmer's market, and it's always like a little happy to start on your Saturday, like a little social event. Yeah, I know. I love the time of it, too. I, I mean, mean, there's I'm people, not going at 515. There's people that know, meet. I'm like a 10 to 11 kind of girl. Right, well, you've got to come earlier, Lainey, because... <laughs> what happens? Everybody sells out of their well, store. Well, it's just Sometimes. a whole different experience between, say, 8 and 930 than at 11. I mean, you, we can still come at 11, but I think you'd be surprised if you got up and came. Yeah. 
early. That's when all the tables are really piled high with all the colorful produce. It's just really pretty at the start of the market to walk through and see, you know, the, the, the tents and tables all perfect. You know, there's just so much eye candy. Well, what else is there other than vegetables? So, fruits and vegetables, and of course, you know, it's what's only in season because it has to grow here. So it's not like you're going to, you know, get to go pick up some bananas or apples because it has to be Louisiana grown. Yeah, so, I can appreciate that. Um, so that's the neat part of it, too, is you really start to get kind of in sync with the seasons and what grows, and that's what's best for your health and your body. So fruits, vegetables, we have um, seafood from the coast. We have shrimp. We have fish. Um, we have oysters. We have... Um, meat, um, grass-fed steaks and uh, pork, and we have honey. We have Mm. all kinds of pickled and preserved items. So, you know, pickled banana peppers and just regular pickles and pickled cauliflower and all kinds of interesting Interesting. things. I think think you can pickle Cornmeal. There's, um, there is, um, then we have our green nursery vendors, so there's all types of beautiful flowering plants, native plants, exotic plants, and then all the vegetable and herb seedlings to, like, go home and plant your own garden, vegetable garden. So you can get really, really interesting varieties of herbs. There's, like, chocolate mint and pineapple mint and um, just really things you can't find anywhere else. And the best thing is you get to talk to the person that grew it and kind of learn tips and tricks on where should I plant this and does it need sun and what's this, you know, when is it ready? How do I prepare it? How do I store this food? I would need like a tutorial. Well, you get you Because get it's a amazing tutorial. what I can kill. So there's, we have mushrooms. We have a really amazing mushroom vendor that grows like 12 different kinds of mushrooms that look like almost underwater coral they're so crazy looking they're in yellow and pink and gray oh wow yeah. um Lainey, what do you get maggie what do you get mm-hmm. um i'll be honest i don't often get vegetables there's <laughs> probably none left when she gets there <laughs> so one of my favorite uh-huh, vendors and she gave me a hard time for not going well you know what you don't get vegetables well that's okay um my, one of my favorite vendors i feel bad that i can't even think of their actual name but it's you can okay. help me out can help she you. is the goat milk soap Lady. Yes, uh, Farm Life is the name of it, but Aaron. They is have farm life. some of the best soap. I really like using bar soap, and they smell so good. And she also makes this milk bath that you, it comes in like a little sachet that you put in your bath, and it Ooh. makes it all soft and really nice. So I, I like love that. the milk bath. Okay, my kids love person. the milk bath. They, I, I give them. It's some good stuff. Just dissolves, and it's made with real goat's milk, like she From has her a goat farm, farm and she milks crazy. all the goats. And like, and I love soap. crazy bath stuff, and so it's funny that. Buying something local is so much cheaper because you're not paying, like, for the corporate value of, like, a lush whatever. And, like, you're help- you buy it from her directly. Like, you feel like you're helping out her family and her livelihood. Yeah. Uh, a Louisiana lady. A Louisiana lady. Yeah, we might need to get her on. So, soap. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, like, I, I would go for that. I mean, I'm for the vegetables, too. But and I, I love also soaps. love the Vietnamese coffee. And yes. There's a lot of bakers who sell yes. sweet treats and bakers. We have dairy. Goats. We have a local dairy that has milk and half and half and butter. And we have goat's milk. Uh, goat's cheese. And goat's cheese mm. and goat, oh, goat's milk cheesecake. That is, like, amazing. The goat's what? milk cheesecake. I've yes. never had that. But that sounds good. Yes. They have a king cake cheesecake right now. Um, there's there's just... We have a local winery, Amato's Winery, that sells oh, Muscatine yeah. wine. Okay, that's about my... That's kind of Sausage. my speed. One year... Uh, some of my best friends from high school came to visit, and we went down there, and one of my friends was obsessed with the wine from him. Is it like, good? It, it is good. I, it's I, good. Yeah, it's it's like, sweet. It's not like... It's, oh, it's, it's a little bit different. It was you know. a little bit sweet for me yeah. because he flavors it from different fruits. Right. And so the next time I went home, I had to bring Madison like bottles of the orange wine. The orange one is really good. And what... A good way to um, consume it, though, is to, like, cut it with, like, club soda. Yeah, I was about to say, you probably make it a spritzer. Yes, like a little spritzer. Or cook with it. We've had people that cook with, especially the orange wine, like, make a glaze for meat, and it kind of caramelizes. It's really good. delicious. Hmm. Then people don't realize we have the whole inside market, which is Main Street Market. And so that is the brick and mortar that, you know, runs the length of fifth street between north and main and that's open monday through saturday actually yes i think i've seen that restaurants in there and then on saturday we have additional pop-up vendors 
that's set up. So it really creates this whole cohesive market experience, indoor, outdoor. We've, you know, restrooms in there. It's AC in the summer, heat in the winter, a place to kind of sit down and chill out and um and have breakfast. breakfast yeah there's great breakfast oh, wow. um you know Good all kinds, Lord. anything you would I want i don't even live that far well i just this is hurting my heart i know it's kind of hurting mine too darlene <laughs> well next i'm starting to get a little fomo next local crawl we might have to go to the farmer's market yes Yes, which we need to plan the local yeah. crawl. The key to the local crawl is that. Sounds to plan. fun. Yeah, it is fun if we can get it on our calendars. <laughs> well, Lainey and I are great, trying to get it together over here. It's a great place for locals, but it's also a great place, like a lot of people, especially like my family, but, you know, bring out-of-town guests. Yeah. You know, it's a wonderful way to start the weekend, take them there for breakfast. They get, you know, we have, um, we kind of sat down and looked at our statistics lately, and, you know, we bring in farmers and um, vendors from 17 different parishes in Louisiana. And so you kind of think about the symbolism of, of having all those different people from across the state come to the heart of the capital city downtown each Saturday. And it, it, it's just a really nice way to sort of take a tour of the state for, for a local or for an out-of-town guest and kind of see what Louisiana agriculture looks like. So about how many vendors do you think there are? Oh, between the inside and the outside, and we have over 50. Yeah. Yeah, and then it ebbs and flows depending on the season. You know, Louisiana is really um, blessed that we have a year-round growing season, mm-hmm. but it's still pretty tough to mm-hmm. grow in the dead heat of August and September, but pretty, we still t- do. It's tough to live. <laughs> it's pretty tough to live, so you can imagine farming. But, you know, most markets around the country, they close, and they have, like, just a season, so yeah. like a summer season, but... Like I said, we're open all the time, so um, you really get to see those hot weather crops in the summer, like okra and eggplant and peppers, and um, it makes you get kind of creative. Yeah, I feel like I would. This is, this would make me a little bit more creative with my cooking. It okay. does. So, okay, so that's been going on for twenty, oh, almost twenty-seven years. For longer than Lainey has been alive. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to point that out right now. Wow. Mm -hmm. I don't know, Darlene. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay. How many um, team members do you all have on staff? We have just four. Okay. We actually have a few new ones coming on soon, though. So we'll have six. So that's going to be exciting. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what else does the organization do? Well... We so that's Darlene was so nice. She brought us like pamphlets, collateral. (laughs) Yeah. So you know, not only do we have the Saturday, but we're still on markets. Not only we have the Saturday market, but in a height of our season during the year, we have four markets a week. And just for reference, last year we put on 125 different farmers markets. You know, in one year, so it's pretty significant um, programming. But we also have every Thursday behind Pennington Biomedical Research Center on Perkins. Mm-hmm. Heard so of a market there mm-hmm. every Thursday from eight to twelve. And easiest way to get there is if you just turn down Kenilworth and kind of go in the back of Pennington. But that's a great little market if um, it's easy to get in and out. Parking right on site. Um, is it the same vendors as Saturday, or sometimes um, it's the same? Most, or? I mean, it's not as big. So Saturday's our flagship market. That's okay. going to be the most vendors. Thursday's going to be a little bit smaller, but you still have a good variety. Oh, and then when we get into high harvest season, so like spring, summer, and then in fall, when there's just an abundance of produce, we're able, our farmers are able to supply more than the two markets. So we have a seasonal market on Tuesdays at the Goodwood Library. Okay. So that's generally like April to July and then October to December. So okay. it's not open just now. but um, And we changed that last year to an afternoon market. It used to be 8 to 12 as well. And we thought, you know what, all these markets are 8 to 12. We need to give people some other option. And... Um, and we got a lot more traction with our vendors, and it's just a really nice space. Um, we actually offload and have it right there by the front door in the plaza, you know, where they have the fountain. Yeah, yeah, have, yeah, yeah. I think I've been to the library at that time. Oh, so maybe you've been to the farmer's so market. So I might can claim that you've I been to the farmer's market. I don't know if I knew what it was. I just knew something was <laughs> well, going on. We're going to have to do on. a better job with our signage. <laughs> Well, I'm pretty sure, darling, I was on a mission that day. I was like last day for me to turn, like renew a book. And I was trying to go during working hours. So I was focused, but I did notice tents. Well, that was probably us. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's from three to six. And um, again, just a great, like, picking the kids up from school. A lot of people come or people in the neighborhood. And then we even had, like, Hot Food to Go by Iverstein last year. Oh, yeah. And so that we was can a go big hit. Yes. We can go after work. Um, and then we also do a Wednesday morning market in North Baton Rouge at the Exxon Mobile YMCA. And those that's on Wednesdays um, seasonally. So... And that's just, um, we actually put that market on as a staff because farmers can't get to four markets a week. It's pretty hard. They do have to farm sometimes. Right. So we procure the produce and sell it on behalf um, for them. So, so that's, you know, four markets a week when we're really going. Then at those markets, we have additional programs that we do. So, for example, um, we have a kids club called Red Stick Sprouts, and kids two to twelve can sign up, and they get two dollars oh, and little wooden tokens. Red Stick Sprouts. Um, <laughs> they get to shop with farmers, and then we have special activities usually on Saturdays for them to do, and learning about what grows here, or how to make a healthy plate, or doing a fun art activity. So again, it's great family-friendly um, environment, and then. Um, we have this whole token economy that I don't even know if most people realize, but like if you show up and you run out of cash, everybody accepts cash, but if you run out of cash, um, you can come to our tent. It's in the center. We have the yellow tent and, um, swipe your card, either debit credit or snap card. And, um, say you swipe it for 20 bucks. So then we give you $20 and little wooden tokens. It's kind of looks like poker chips. Okay. And then all the vendors accept that. And then there's a dollar fee to to use it just because we're not selling anything. And so it's helped defray some of those credit card costs. Yes. Yes. But, um, and then at the end of the market, all the vendors bring back those tokens to us. And we do a whole back end reconciliation where... Then Sounds I go very back accounting in. like. It's very accounting like. And then I put the ACH deposit back in their account to reimburse them, and it's just a big circle of, of, yeah. of accounting. Oh, so our accountant just loves like it. like so it's much wonderful. fun. It's so really fun. awesome <laughs> on the back end. But <laughs> the other thing that it allows us to do is, um, you know, for families that use SNAP, um, we are able to match those um transactions at the market so we're able to really increase fresh food access for low-income families okay. and um, that was previously sponsored by our friends at Louisiana Healthcare Connections but we were part of a collaborative grant last year to um, advocate for a state funding for that and we were successful so now any farmer's market in Louisiana is able to match SNAP transactions so you know, we're one of the larger markets, but there's so many small volunteer ones that really just don't have capacity to even try to initiate this type of program. So it's a real win for the whole state and farmers markets and farmers and families to be able to increase, um, you know, access to fresh food, but also put more money in farmers' pockets. Yeah. So let me ask you this, and you might've said this and I missed it, but where does the nonprofit get most of the funding from? Is it so it's a little uh, matrix of various forms. We have, you know, our vendors pay a very nominal rent. So that equals about 10% of our overall budget. And then we have rents from our permanent vendors inside Main Street Market, which is about another 10%. So we do have to raise, you know, about 80% of our yearly budget. And we do that from a variety of grants. Okay. And then we have a um, annual fundraising campaign. You talked about fundraising in the beginning. We know all about fundraising. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So we do, um, we basically have a, um, you know what, this is actually part what I brought today, kind of part of what our last year's campaign was. This is a mailer that we send out to a lot of our patrons and just kind of reporting on. Oh, yeah. It's like an annual report, like, like a, an a very report. abbreviated annual yes, report. Yes, kind of what what we do, what our impact is, and then, um, you know, encouraging people to donate to Breta, and you can do that online very easily if you're so moved. Um, and then we also have um, a fundraising event. This is going to be our fifth year. It's called Farm Fet, and it's in September, end of September, and um, we have it at the downtown library. I don't know if y'all have been there before. Have been to the new downtown library? I've not been I've inside. I've been on the outside. Uh, but We're going to have to get you out more, yeah, so no, it's going to be I a know, mission. Darling, so. I, 
For being so extroverted, it's amazing how much of a homebody I am. I mean, I'm all over the place all day, so I just go home. I hear you. But I do love me a library. Well, the library has this beautiful fourth floor terrace um, that overlooks the Mississippi River and all of downtown. So it was a really great venue. Um, So it's like, you know, a ticketed event. And we had 10 different local restaurants, a lot of whom, you know, already support um, our farmers and use local produce in their restaurants. Eliza was one of them. I know we were talking about them earlier, Mm -hmm. y'all. Um, record there a lot and so um we had john gray's jazz band we have a silent and live auction that are all like farm centric items so maybe it's like you win a a um a basket from farm life she put a basket of her goat's milk soap or you can win to go strawberry picking at one of our strawberry farmers so there's lots of cool things so that night you know all year long, we're soliciting corporate sponsors for the event to support that because all the funds raised from that event go to support all these programs. Um, and, you know, just to make sure that we have staffing to, to get there at 515 and put on these markets for um, the public and for the farmers. So basically a mix of sort of all of those um, buckets of money. Okay. I, I had a feel. I mean, I feel like a lot of nonprofits, it's from various yep. sources. Um, Community um, support, you know, um, we certainly have a lot of generous donors, faithful donors that give money because they appreciate, you know, the value that that the market adds to uh, to our community. You know, if you think about it, I always tell people when I travel, the first thing I do is go visit the market, the local market, because you really get to see a glimpse inside the real city you're yeah. visiting, not the tourist traps, but these are the real people. And like I said, when you you get the luxury of showing up and getting to see 17 different parishes right there on a Saturday morning. Yeah, I know. In our little city of Baton Rouge. That's right. It's crazy. Um, so I'm going to ask you another question. Oh, I'm assuming you guys have a board of directors too. We do. We have a 21 board member. Oh, that's so a we big have a board. Pretty big board. Yeah. That's fun. And they're super helpful and in those fundraising efforts and just, you know, overall governance. And so, yes, I mean, the organization has definitely, um, started in 1996 and, and has a, a really good structure in place and a lot of good support from, from that board. So what, how did your path lead you to the executive director? Well, interestingly enough, I used to be in the mortgage business hmm. and then I'm sure y'all I, are familiar what happened in 2008. Yes. So <laughs> just the housing crisis. Yes. And so I, I was still like, I feel like I was, I'm going to say young, but Actually, I started here in 2009, okay. and in 2009, we were still reconciling retirement plans from 2008, and so when I started, I thought what I was looking at was just the norm because I was, I'm just going to say, I was ignorant. I mean, I wasn't educated when it came to that, but um, in 2008, my, my husband and I only been married for two years, and we were in our little starter home, so I am from, do you know what housing crisis she's talking about, Lane? <laughs> I mean, I've heard of it before <laughs> well i mean wasn't it just where people were being for, i mean it was being foreclosed on yes, and they were I losing mean, the values rates, there, there was just so many so many loose guidelines at the time and people were getting put in a lot of adjustable rate mortgages and and then when it was time to refinance the the values had decreased on yep. houses and um it was really just it was way too loose lending mm-hmm. you know people that really shouldn't have gotten a hundred percent mortgage were getting it I think there's a little bit stricter rules now, right? Oh, absolutely. I don't want to sound like oblivious. I'm just fortunate that that didn't really impact my family, or at least my parents did not make it aware to me that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Well, I really. I, did. I know it impacted no, a lot of families. You just, you I just... really wasn't impacted by it either. I, I, mm. you know, I just wasn't. At well, that I was pretty impacted time. because my company went out of business. So. Right. Oh. The, you're so right. hence, I was kind of looking at you know that was never what I set out or intended to do. And I really wanted to do something more involved in the community. And so somebody sent me the job description um, at Breda. And I was like, oh, I love the farmer's market. This will be awesome. And so that started. And so that was basically 08. So I've been there now 15 years. Oh, wow. And, yeah. Did you have any nonprofit experience before no, this? I didn't. Like, no. just, I feel like, I mean, I just don't think I could jump into running a nonprofit. Well, I mean, I I was I just became the director in '01. Okay. So um, the previous director um, retired, and she had been there almost 20 years. And so, um, 
So I had been at Breda a long time before I became the director. Gotcha. So, so I was pretty well first, yeah. And, and um, so, yeah, so I'm just now in year three of being the director. But, you know, being there a long time had a good foundation. Yeah. So. I still think, though, that's still stepping into a new role. I mean, yeah. I became a partner here, and I was like, mm, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just pretending every day. <laughs> well, you must be doing something right. I just make people think I'm doing something right, darling. It's really, it's a strategy. Well, I want to ask you, earlier you alluded to your recent trip. So yes. I want to ask you where you went Thank and you, what Lainey, you got Thank you, Lainey, for keeping us on there. task. <laughs> yes, so I um, have been part of the LSU Ag Leadership Program for the past three years. It's usually a two-year program, but of course with COVID it was extended mm. um, a year. And so... It's a really neat program. It's 25 people from all over Louisiana involved in some aspect of agriculture. And we get together a few times a year in different parts of the state and really do a deep dive into, you know, the agri, you know, we went to like Homa and you really learn about the seafood industry. And so learn all about Louisiana agriculture and tour farms and hear from speakers and then the first year of the program, I'm going back a little bit, we went to Montana for a Ooh. week. And so we got to, same thing, really visit farms there, meet with agriculture officials, try to see, you know, similar challenges, struggles, um, opportunities in agriculture. And then the second year, we went to D.C. and really learned about lobbying and how to advocate for yourself and met with our senators and representatives. And so the, the program culminates with a international trip which I just got back from, and we went to Panama and Costa Rica for 12 days. It's amazing. It really was. It was, it was a once-in-a-lifetime trip, and um, it was... Uh, and it was just you? Your family didn't go? No, it's just... Uh, for 12 days? Yeah, it was, it was a long time. It seems like a long time. It was a long time. Um, Did everybody <clears> miss you, though, at home? Are you kind of like, see, if I wasn't here... Well... Know? Yes, I think they did miss me, but I think the kids had a good time too. You know, they got, they probably didn't have quite as strict a rule. They're like, "Mom's gone." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, FaceTime helps so much now yes, these it days does. Too, that you actually get to see. It your kids. so does. It really does make all the difference. So, um, and so, are so, you wrapping up that program? Yes. So we have our graduation at the end of this month. Congratulations! At, at That's a commitment. Stadium too. club and. Oh, yeah, it's nice. We'll yeah. get a tour of the of the stadium. And so, you know, it really just has provided, first of all, so many opportunities to see and learn so much, but then also connect with people across the state and across the country that are really involved in, you know, Louisiana agricultural policy and just moving our state forward in agriculture in different facets. You know, I represent small farmers, but really um, our state is so... Um, rich and invested in large commodity crops like sugarcane and cotton and soybeans. And so I got to learn so much about, um, you know, that other side, but the trip, um, did you get to do anything fun or was it all learning? Um, it was pretty much all learning, <laughs> <laughs> you know, who designed I, this program? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I bet the learning was fun. The learning was fun. No, it was amazing. It was, and if you like agriculture, I mean, it was, it was, awesome you know which i do so i mean we went to a pineapple farm and a hearts of palm farm Ooh. and we were chopping up pineapple Fancy. right there in the field and we were eating it right with a machete you know and we went to a rice farm and sugarcane farm and a rice mill and a sugarcane mill and um you know went to the panama canal which was really amazing because i don't think most baton rougians realize the significance of the mississippi river to the world. Right. Um, My in-laws just got back from a cruise on either. They went through the canal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. really amazing, mm -hmm. um, the Panama Canal, what mm -hmm. it's done for trade globally. But, yeah, you know, crazy. all the grain, you know, comes from Midwest. It comes down the Mississippi River. And then our farmers in Louisiana add to that. And actually, one of the tours that we did over the past three years was to Zeno Grain, which is a grain um, facility on in convent and so you know they take all the grain stored in silos and then the huge seafaring ships come up <coughs> and then they load all that grain that's been in the silos mixed together and put it in the hulls of these ships that go to Asia and of course go through the Panama Canal so you know we had some grain farmers in our class and it was pretty neat for them they were like sitting there watching these ships go through thinking you know the grain they grow on their farm is could be on that ship right now that's going through there. 
You know, when you hear things like this, it really makes you appreciate, like, food. It does. <laughs> it sounds like such a, like, Captain Obvious statement. No, but it's crazy. But it is something that you can easily take. I mean, I think most people take it for granted, you know, not, not by any fault. But, like, when you get to learn where it comes from and how hard people have to work so that we have food on our table, Absolutely. it puts it in perspective. You and know? not only food, but the clothes we wear, you know, yeah. cotton. It's crazy. Cotton to make our clothes. So, you know, that was the best part of the program, I would say, is just, you know, building friendships with these people across the state that do all these different parts of agriculture, really learning about what they do, their passion for it, and understanding the whole process, you know, from seeing the cotton growing to, in the field to going to the cotton gin where it, you know, it's separated out, and then we went to textile mills where they take that cotton and make jeans that go to Gap, you know? So when you see that whole process, it really does help connect um, how important agriculture is to our state, especially. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's just because most of the time we're looking at the final product, right? Right. You're not thinking about the ins and outs that go into it. Even, I mean, even when you said the farmer's market, that, okay, there's a lot of work that goes on. Like, it doesn't just happen. Right. You know, I think that's that's fascinating. Well, and, you know, just thinking about when you go to the grocery store, all of the meat's all packaged up, and most people don't want to think about where that meat came, came from. But, you know, I think it's important that we do think about those things. And um, kids, you know, we have a kids program we do in schools, too. We have a farm-to-school program where we do edible gardening and we do cooking classes and bring in and teach them how to cook Brussels sprouts and harvest it right there and <clears throat> excuse me kids will be like what's dirty has dirt on it I'm like well, where do you think it came from the ground yeah <laughs> you know which is dirt and and a lot of times you know different farmers kind of have different ways they um prepare their produce and some are super pristine and clean and just perfect and others there's a good bit of dirt on them you know and so I like having all ends of the spectrum because I do think it's important we remember the things we eat to grow in the dirt and same thing you might come home and have a little friend in there you know there might be a little bug or something and I'm always like that because I'm like yeah I know it was like yeah actually growing somewhere yeah because it's what nature is right I mean I was having somebody at my house like doing bug inspection. And he was showing me something in my flower beds, and he like dug in. There was like little worms, and I was like, "Ooh!" But then I was like, "Oh, but that's where they live." No, yeah, you want yeah, those worms? worms. They know. help loosen up the soil. And- so um, I did want to go ahead and let everyone know, though, that the farmers market has a no pet policy, and um, they love our furry friends, but they ask that we leave them at home. So anybody that hasn't been that wants to take their pets, you cannot. You will have to do that later, and I totally understand why. <laughs> yes, we could give some rather unsavory details on why. Do you still allow pets? Well, it's not that we or don't. Or people brought It's them. just people still bring them yeah. all the time. And, um, you know, I get it. I, um, I had a dog for 15 years. He was my first baby. Yes. And so I very much get it. But it is a fresh food um, yes. market. Yes. And um, dogs are often at the level of produce and... You know, sometimes they need to relieve themselves or they want to bite something or they're often at the height of a little child stroller as well. So you can imagine all the different things that can happen. Oh, so my miniature schnauzer acts like she's starving all day, every day. She eats just fine. We feed her exactly what she needs to be fed, but she loves raw vegetables, any raw vegetable, raw pepper, raw uh, carrot, cucumber. If I am chopping something, that little dog, well, actually, if I'm in the kitchen at all, she's like, I like pepper. You literally just ate, but she does like. So she would totally eat that. She would eat everything. She'd be like, "Oh my god, this is the best day of my life. Right. I'm gonna lick and then you and know." Once they eat, other things happen. Right? Then so, they have to. Yeah, go. yeah. So <laughs> I totally understand. Um, so is there anything else that you want to talk about? Well, let's see. So um, I have lots of fun special events that we do throughout the year, and. Um, One of them that's coming up soon is um, inside Main Street Market. We're doing a special Valentine's pop-up shop. So on Valentine's Day on Tuesday during the lunch hour from 11 to 1. It's kind of like a luncheon shop. You can come down, have lunch, and then we'll have like eight or ten vendors, you know, from the farmer's market selling all kinds of chocolate-covered strawberries straight from the farm. 
um, fresh strawberries. You can get steaks to go home and cook for dinner. There'll be farm like will be there with your goat's milk <sighs> soap. So, um, so yeah, I would just encourage people, you know, to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, because we post a lot of these special yeah, events. Y'all have a there. great social presence. Like I always look on there. Do you do the to social see what's media going on? Not anymore. Thank goodness. Yeah, it's a beast. <laughs> I have a wonderful, wonderful person that does that. So a shout out to Mallory. Yes. Good. Thank you, Mallory. And for here, thank you, Lainey and Holly, because if it was up to me, nothing would get posted on social media. Right. And on that note too, just really have a great staff, the staff of four, everybody works so hard, so passionate about what we do. You really have to be to, um, to do some of the crazy stuff. Well, we do. and I was actually going to say that. So, you know, I have, I, I sit on boards of nonprofits and I'm just always so, I don't know if amazed is the right word, but you can just tell. So first of all, to be an executive director of a nonprofit, I'm just going to say this. You can't half-ass it. You have to love the mission because it is it is a lot of work, blood, sweat, and tears, you know, and you probably have good days and She's you have like, bad you're telling days. Me. Well, and I'm just, I mean, I've just, I've seen some of these executive directors. I've gotten to know some of them, but they do it for a long time because they are so passionate about it. And then the same thing goes for their teams. And I just think, you know, nonprofits have a tendency to attract people that uh, that have similar values and, and and they appreciate the mission that that nonprofit is doing. I think private organizations have a little bit harder time because people look at it as a job instead of a calling. And I don't know, I'm just saying, but I can just you really have to have a passion for it. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, darling. I wake up early, but for me to get somewhere at 5:15 on a Saturday every Saturday, I would that's that right there is dedication. Well, it is. It's hard for us though, but you know, you don't get a whole lot. You can't really go on much about that with farmers who like get up at like, you know. Yeah, like I was about three. to say. So mm-hmm. I'm not real impressive to them. <laughs> and <laughs> for and getting there I'm just thinking like these farmers definitely work 7 days a week. Oh, they, oh they, I don't goodness. think they like not work. Yeah, people don't realize how hard farmers work and you know, like you say it's the passion. I mean, you know, I love all these people. They're 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 my they're my family. I yeah. just got a text from one of them right before I walked in that was sending me pictures of their chickens and you know, I mean, it's it's uh they they gave me baby gifts when I had my kids and you know, you just it, it's it's a really special club. I guess I feel like I get to be a part of and I think that's what all the staff feel like is that it's um it's real people. It's none of that fluff, you know, and um and it's just a special place. So, yeah, you do it because – and then when you're there, you see the happiness that it brings to the community, you know, that gets to experience this wonderful, you know, gem that I really think the market is. And it's because of the fabric of each person that's a part of the market that brings to it to really, you know, weave together this beautiful quilt of, uh, of Louisiana. It, it, it's really, I, I keep going back to the word passion, but there is just something about it that is so beautiful. That sounds so cheesy, but it is, it's beautiful. Yeah. No, it is. I kind of want to tell people when they're complaining about their eight to five, go be a farmer. Well, <laughs> I need to tell myself that too. And I need to pray over my food. <laughs> no, I couldn't. I would not be able to do it. So uh, thank you, farmers. Thank you, yes, darling. Thank, thank you. you. Farmers. Shout out to the farmers. Shout out to the farmers. Thank because you farmers. Like, Thank you, Breda staff. Yes, thank you. Thank you, board. Yeah, we, we really do have a great, really great support system and great group of people that makes it happen. Well, I can so. tell just from your like expression and you talking about it that you, you're really passionate about it and you found your calling, you know? Yeah, so. I do. I love it. I do. All right. So we're going to wrap up unless Lainey, ha- Lainey, let me just tell you, I said our co-host is missing, but she's really not. She's sitting right here. Aww. Like Lainey used to not talk as much on the podcast, Darlene. Oh, really? Uh-huh. No, not really. She's really well, come she out looks, of her shell. She looks like she's got passion over there for us. She is Aww. smiling from ear to ear. Oh, wow. yeah. Oh, yeah. Y'all she's so kind. Oh, I am. I am. I've said this to Lainey, and she doesn't take these compliments very well. But seeing Lainey when she first started to seeing Lainey now makes me very proud. That's because awesome. I work under you. Yeah, she did. But I'm just saying, like, no. we threw an long? event. We threw an event in September. Lainey was or October. Uh, they asked me at BRQ who was running the show. I said, I just have the credit card. Lainey's actually the one. Go talk to her. You know. Well, uh, I how told long have you worked here? Three years. Three yeah, years. Yeah, I make my three years this month. We heard her right before COVID. Yeah. <laughs> and then we just send her home. I was it's like, a hard okay, time we'll to just, start. We'll just figure out what you can do. Yeah. And you did. 
for sure. So yeah, so um, but yes, yeah, she gets you know she gets all like squirmy when I start to compliment her, but it really is yeah. it's very satisfying. So, okay, so we're gonna check them out on social media. You got Facebook, you got Instagram. We have a website, Bretta.org. That's right. Did I say it right. You said it right. <laughs> Bread. And our YouTube um, is really a great place to look at a lot okay. of our um, videos, and you Ooh. can get a glimpse of the market and hear from some of our farmers. Yeah, and they'll have a red stick farmers market. Instagram as well. We do. Yes. Everything oh, is, is the handles Red Stick Farmer's Market. And once again, we are highlighting something so cool that is in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The Farmer's yeah. Market. I know. Lainey looked at me like, I don't know what you're going to say. Well, Melissa. I, well, it was before you said Baton Rouge and I was like, what? Was oh, she about to come? No, no, no. I just mean like part of this podcast is to highlight and pro, not uh, pro, promote. I don't know if that's the right word, but really like we do promote. Promote what great things we have in this city from local businesses to nonprofits. It's so cool. That's one of the reasons why it we is. love this and podcast. And I will say like a lot of people, I don't know if it's like a generational thing, but I find a lot of my friends saying like, oh, Louisiana sucks. Baton Rouge is a terrible place. I can't wait to get out of here. And maybe it's because I'm privy to some of the awesome things happening in yeah. this city because yeah. of this podcast. But I'm like, are you kidding me? Like we have some incredible things going on. Also, we have really good food, probably because we have really good farmers. <laughs> yeah. Right. We do have really when good When people foods. are like, let's go get seafood somewhere else, I'm like, yeah, no. No, thanks. Or like when you're out of town and there's a Cajun restaurant, Ugh. and I'm like, oh, oh God, yeah, stay no. far away. No. I actually saw somebody post, like, a recipe for gumbo, and it's, it was on Instagram, and it, um, it just didn't have... Just made you cringe? Well, it didn't have roux. It, they didn't make a roux. <laughs> so it's I'm a like, soup. this is like a gravy. I don't... Or not even a gravy. I don't <laughs> even know what it is. And just for the record, because this always surprises people, I make a really good chicken and sausage gumbo from scratch. Mm. No one thinks that I can do it. You I do. sit there and I stir that roux with my... I've food. had some of it before. It was That's right. Good. You did. Thank you, Lainey. I love that. None of my partners think I can do that, but I can. Anyway. All right. <laughs> Well, come see us at the market, bring a friend, tell everybody you know, because it's one of the best ways you can directly impact people in our community, supporting local, but also just showing off this uh, great thing we have in our city, like you said. Yeah, Yeah. it's great. And thank you, Darlene, and the entire team for doing what y'all do and uh, putting this together on a weekly basis and all of the markets that we have and all of the programs that you have. My pleasure. Thank you. So hope everyone has a good week. Bye, Bye, guys. Bye.